The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is hi, I'm Rob. I teach a key stage two class just outside Milton Keynes, and I've worked throughout all the key stages. Hi, I'm Helen. I also teach just outside Milton Keynes, and I'm currently teaching reception in Year One. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with a witty folk tale found all. Around the world, adapted by us to be set in medieval England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for the Dragon's Heart. There, you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audio book for you to download at any time. There are even some tips for telling the story yourself, and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including any extra lesson ideas that we don't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen, Rob, and Sir Fullerdred, and not forgetting the U Dragon, as we begin to explore the English.、Um, Rob, do you want to kick us off today? What English have you found for ages seven to eleven? I found three different activities. Three, three, yeah.、Ooh. Power of three. Is that one of the activities?、Uh, it's linked to it. Yeah, an、oh, okay. adjective <laughs> bank.、Um, okay. There are there are lots of examples of. Adjectives used in the story to describe all the different characters and the different settings that Sir Fullerdred、mm. encounters, and quite often he his description of the places that he gets to or goes through or has to rush through are much more detailed than the dragons, which is because he、mm. said, "Tell me quickly." Yeah.、Um, yeah. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to expand your children's descriptive vocabulary by just building up a bank of all these. Different words and、mm. giving them like a an, an idea of matching those words to a person or a kind of person or a situation or a place,、mm. so that you could say, oh, we've just gone through、uh, a kind of river. What could it be like? And rather than going wet, which I know that some children, <laughs> some of my children, definitely would be <laughs>、um, wet river. <laughs> yeah, and they'd be right. Yeah, of course, they're right. But there are much more interesting and descriptive、mm. words to use. So that would be the first, and that could be like a an activity that you could use not only with this story, but you could have it on display all the time, and you could just add、yeah. more and more to it.、Mm. So you've got a great. Resource in your classroom, or in a, a library, or a shared area where you've got all these wonderful, powerful words that you can use.、Mm. And I think the real value of this story in covering that sort of activity from the start is that it really helps children to see the value of adjectives and expanded noun phrases. Because, yeah, if you do just say river, you you may well have a, a river in your head and you know exactly what it's like, but it's through The adjectives that you communicate, the the differences. So yeah, a lot of it's about sharing the, the the whole point of using adjectives and things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there's one point where he even says, "Oh, I should have used an expanded noun phrase."、Mm. 
Yeah, he's a very well-educated dragon. Yeah, <laughs> and I like how explicit that is from the start of this story. You know, the the expanded noun phrases are so important from the very beginning when we're talking about mm. Sir Fuller Dread and what he wants to be like and what he actually is like. Um, I think they're so central to the story that um, you um, absolutely true. have to teach about them. <laughs> and you know what? I, I hadn't even picked that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> just, there you go. <laughs> I have my just, uses. <laughs> storyteller's foible, you know, we put in three descriptive words because that's what storytellers have been yeah. doing. for yongs, yeah. but yeah, it does make all the difference, doesn't it? Absolutely, right from the start. <laughs> my next activity is telling the story from the dragon's point of view. Oh, I like the sound of this. So you would have to explore the fact that we don't know about Sir Philodred's character from the very beginning and we don't know about the fact that he's he's sent himself on this quest. Oh, but it would be a yeah. good way to from the U Dragon's point of view, sorry, I should yeah. make mm. that clear, not the Demog is it not Demogorg? The Demogorg, yeah. yeah. Well, they, you yeah. could also write it from the Demogorg's point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would be quite interesting to explore the emotions that the dragon feels throughout the jet like from being captured to going oh my goodness what's this person gonna do with me to hang on yeah he's not very smart yeah <laughs> i can save a whole load of energy here yeah <laughs> um, a bit like if you told the gruffalo from gruffalo's point of view from the start yeah, not from, from the, the mouse yeah, exactly. point of view um mm. so just to see it from a different perspective maybe. they are actually very similar stories aren't they yeah. where you have a i suppose in a way the gruffalo is kind of sir full of dread from the you dragon's point of view yeah uh, you, you can certainly look at it that way can't you but yeah flipping it around if you look at mario coelho's magnificent illustration of the end of the story amongst the characters that you'll see there is sir lancelot uh, who is the only one who is not celebrating the return <laughs> of sir full of dread so uh, there yeah. again you have another uh, to tie it back to your pshe from yesterday you know you can tell the story from all sorts of different points of view um and see the impact it has on those characters yeah yeah well the impact they have on each other it's a wonderful thing about stories mm -hmm. why you should why children you should have more than two characters in a story mm. <laughs> <laughs> and my final idea was and this would probably be aimed more kind of year five year six at upper end of key stage two is looking at dragons in literature. Say so what characteristics do they have that are the same? What is different about them? Which different dragons do we know about from different stories? Are they always mm. represented as, or what kind of character do they represent? Are they a good character or a bad character? Mm. Um, the ones, the dragon that I thought of first off when I was thinking of this idea was uh, Smaug from the Hobbit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, second was the uh, series of books, How to Train Your Dragons or How to yeah. Train Your yeah. Dragon. Say, so, are they similar kind of dragons in that? There's obviously this story, there's Sir George and the Dragon. Um, mm. They come up all over the place. You could kind of almost link it to the the Lindworm. I don't know if we've talked about the Lindworm yet. I was wondering if you were going to do that. Yeah, because yeah, the Lindworm is also a, a, a technically a form of dragon, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to whether that would be a spoiler or not but it sounds like it is <laughs> we did cover it a couple of weeks ago oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah um and then i finally turned back to uh, the dragons in harry potter as well i 
couldn't believe that I hadn't mentioned them earlier. Um, mm. Yeah. You could also look at film representation of dragons, say, uh, from The Sword and the Stone, the Disney film. Yeah. When the evil witch turns into a dragon, what kind of character is that? And Peach Dragon yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the, the more examples you're citing, it's making me realize that um, in recent years, let, let's say the last century, really, there's been a tendency to have dragons and instantly put them in contrast to what you'd expect their character to be. So, you know, we, from folklore, we have dragons as the enemy, the bad guys, the ones yeah. who are eating the princesses and so on. Um, and for the last hundred years, pretty much every single dragon has been met with that sort of stereotype and had something to counter it, which is, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would potentially, yeah. just whilst we've been talking, thinking, oh. I would show probably pictures of the dragons from Game of Thrones. I wouldn't show them mm. any of the footage, but like some of the images of the dragons doing various dragon things. Dragony things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a shame you can't show those images, and I very much appreciate why you can't. But um, the, if, if you think about it, if you are a Game of Thrones fan, what you get from the use of dragons there is that they really represent the character of Daenerys right down to a T. You know, she is this very proud and regal kind of character, but she is also very unstable. Um, and she she has this power that she can't quite control at the very end. That, that's why I absolutely love the end of Game of Thrones, which I know is a very controversial opinion, but I think it ended perfectly from, from a storytelling point of yeah. view. It was yeah. a perfect ending. Um, final dragon or dragons that I'm going to mention are in a book called Again. And this is a book by Emily Gravett. Oh, I don't know this uh, one. It's a, it's a wonderful book. I enjoy it. And uh, we did some work for World Book Day recently. And this is one of the books that I shared with the school. Mm. It involves a mummy dragon at the end of the day and a baby dragon who would like a story read to help send it to sleep. And the story oh. finishes and it says, can I have it again? And the mum's going, oh, okay. <laughs> and the mummy dragon is absolutely exhausted. And she changes the story two or three times to be like, okay, I'm getting more and more tired. Eventually she falls asleep and the baby dragon keeps on saying, again, again, again. And he slightly changes colour and he's green to start off with. He turns red uh -huh. and eventually he kind of explodes with, again. And the last couple of pages in the book have got a hole in them. <laughs> and the back cover is like, <laughs> as if the dragon has burnt through the, the actual book as well. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my literacy ideas i think i've covered a spag a topic and some themes awesome yes. are, are there any of those helen that you would be able to to pinch and modify for ages four to seven there definitely are a couple of overlaps in our literacy hmm. this week i'll start with where rob just finished with the dragons there's so much you can do with dragons in literacy lessons, in English lessons. The mm -hmm. take I took on it is just similar, but slightly different in that I thought of when Sir Philodred was looking up about which dragon, you know, he found out that there was the smallest dragon. And I thought, well, what would that book look like? An information book about dragons. So yeah. I thought this was a good opportunity to do some nonfiction report writing with the children mm -hmm. and to learn about, very similar to, to, as Rob was saying, learn about some different types of dragons. And mm. starting with the, the U dragon, and maybe I would have almost a, a model text for the children pitched at whatever level, whatever age you're teaching, written about the U-Dragon, set out as a fact file, as a page of the book. So you'd say, mm. oh, this is this is one page of Sir Philodred's book and you, and the children would enjoy just reading that as a reading activity because 
dragons are fascinating. So then mm. you read that through, you pick out the features of a page of a nonfiction book, and then the children create their own dragons or find out about different dragons. And again, similarly to Rob, I was thinking of how to train your dragon, just because, mm. uh, you know, there's there's a lot of images of those types of dragons, those yeah. dragons from that book around that children um, of the age I teach would really engage with. So I thought you could use those dragons and then find out a bit about them and children could write their own fact files and you could create a whole class dragon book. You've got plenty of opportunities to research this. I'll just throw in here, the Yu dragon is an actual type of dragon. There is, I think it's a Chinese legend. Um, The Yu dragon is the very first dragon um i I don't know if it's actually represented quite so small and the reason why it ends up small in this story is because i have a puppet you dragon uh, which i (laughs) sometimes bring out to help me share the story um especially with smaller ones and yeah uh so so the you dragon why you is something you would be able to go out there and get some information on but turning to chinese literature and also um, norse literature you will find whole families of dragons like the lindworm and the other worms and the wyverns yeah. um, that we've we've mentioned previously for the lindworm story. Uh, just on that as well, we at home recently finished watching uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, which is from the Ooh. Marvel Universe. And that is set in China, I think. And the, one of the dragons in there looks completely different to how us as Westerners would expect dragons to look. Mm. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, or if you just want to Google some of the images, you'll see that the dragon in that looks completely different to the kind of dragon that we as Westerners would expect to see. Yeah. I'm going to briefly add to the non-fiction report writing just a very brief addition, something I think I've probably talked about before. Um, with younger children, a, a good thing to do is to get them to create their own dragons for non-fiction report writing. So you've learned mm. about lots of different dragons, learned their features and their diets and their habitats. But sometimes what's really nice is for children to create their own dragon. And you could do this in a separate art lesson. You could make it out of clay. You could draw it. They could anyway, because then, yeah. then the facts they can completely make up which takes the pressure off the facts when they're doing their writing. Because something I find with young children particularly is that it really holds them up. Like if they're trying to write a nonfiction report, but they don't know, they can't think of enough facts, then it, it, it just doesn't really work if you're trying to focus on the skills of the writing. So if they have their own dragon to write about, mm-hmm. that takes it all away because they can make up the facts and take a bit of ownership of their dragon. So. Yeah. And it'll be interesting if you've done the other activity first, yeah, a bit of research to see how much they are influenced by dragons that yes. they have explored. I, I always f- find when when doing similar activities with children myself, how um, there is such a, a quick tendency for someone to suggest uh, a dragon that breathes ice just because they see, you know, dragons yeah. breathing fire and think, well, there must be a, an alternative. Oh, well, just go to the other extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one in a book somewhere, Cinder the Bubble Blowing Dragon, a dragon that blows bubbles. Just throwing <laughs> that one out there. <laughs> there's also a dragon which uh, serves soup lives on the moon oh okay and the clangers <laughs> oh i don't Sorry, know um, i don't know the don't know that one you don't uh, know the clangers showing your age here yeah. oh, no, the clang- no of the clangers no of the clangers yeah <laughs> there is a soup dragon in in the clangers yeah <laughs> there you go we're yeah. learning a lot i think we're learning a lot this morning we really are we're, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when i was reading this story and um got to the part with sir full of dreads 
journey following the dragon through the sticky slimy trees and all the all the terrible things he has to go through mm. an immediate link in my head was made with michael rosen's wonderful book we're going on a bear hunt um, yes so for my second literacy type activity we're going to go on a dragon hunt a friendly dragon hunt you know <laughs> focusing more on the journey than the outcome mm-hmm. um, so it'd be great if children could go outdoors for this probably go on a walk if from a health and safety point of view maybe not but it'd be great if they could be barefoot <laughs> hmm. depends on your school's policies on these things um mm. because we're going to go on a very sensory dragon hunt outdoors we're going to find lots of different environments to walk through again we might need shoes for some of it but maybe for like the fresh green grass we could have bare feet mm. and you know go through a muddy puddle or something with bare feet be fine um <laughs> <laughs> so take take your children on a bit of a journey and you can of course set this up if you if you wanted to outdoors set up the journey so set up an area that's that's wet set up an area of sand which would be a really nice thing to do because then you've got you can guarantee the children are going to have lots of different sensory experiences. We're very fortunate at our school to have a forest school um, that at the moment has lovely long grass um, and very mm. green trees. So I'm thinking you spend a while outdoors going on a dragon hunt, eliciting all the lovely language from the children as they go because the best way to get that descriptive language is for the children to experience it not just to sort of see a picture of it but to really experience it so that was my next english activity to start by generating the words and then building a map of the journey and orally telling a bit of a dragon hunt we're going on a dragon hunt we're going Mm. to catch a shiny green one (laughs) Um, and the great thing about doing that sort of activity is that uh, a lot of the time i I don't know whether you find this, but especially with the the younger children, maybe the four to six year olds, the sorts of um, responses you'll get to, you know, what does this feel like are things like, or, or, yeah. <laughs> or um, but the thing is, those sounds do make their way into the kind of words that you would use to describe these. So if you get a yuck, that's kind of there in the squelch. The squelchy, if you yeah. have, well, that's kind of there in ooze. Yeah. So you can really start to make a link between the phonics and the the actual words it's kind, it's kind of like phonic etymology isn't it <laughs> absolutely i think that's a great way to help children to make the link between what they're feeling and the words mm. and then with this slightly older children of this age range they could do some writing of of a verse or more of this this story so yeah. with the, the younger children i would definitely write it down but i would do it together with me writing it and the children come up with the words so they've made Mm. a story but lots of modeled writing and then with the maybe year one year two type children they could do some of the the writing themselves using using that familiar pattern of we're going on a bear hunt fantastic the end (laughs) so shall we start going on a maths hunt yes we're not scared (laughs) we're not scared what a mathematical day That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Sir Fulladred and the U-Dragon will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. soon.